Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families all across the country mm-hmm. and the world, actually. We do get a few questions from overseas with how to manage different challenges that come up when you have babies and small children. It could be something to do with settling techniques. Perhaps your baby's waking up more than they should be during the night or you might have some issues with solids. Yeah. Behaviour, that's a big one. I mean, the main question we get is sleep, isn't it, It is. We do a lot of sleep. But we're happy to have your questions from sleep. Chris has helped so many people. So if you want to be someone she helps today, there are a number of ways you can get in touch. If you're watching us live via Facebook, you just have to pop your question below the video. In the comment section, you can call us on 1-800-543-772. Or you can email us if you're listening via the podcast. And that is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Let's start, Chris, with Jacqueline, who's on the phone. Jacqueline has a 16-month-old little boy. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you? How are you? Good, thank you. Tell us what's going on. He was sleeping through the night. His formula said, and um, I had cut off all his night feeds. I used to just ignore him, yep. and then he just went back to sleep. And then probably the last three weeks, he started waking up again at night, and he won't resettle without a milk bottle. I tried one hour, lying next to his cot on the floor, shushing him. He'd right. settle, and then he'd start up again. And Okay. So, Jacqueline, does he have his milk bottles in the day? No, I've cut them off. Okay. So, um, at 16 months, he could probably still have two milk bottles in the day, and that yeah. might be why he's suddenly waking at night, because he truly is, you know, thirsty for those milk bottles. So it's but si- he was waking up when he was still having them. Okay, but if we put the milk bottle back in, even if it's just the evening one, then you know oh, no, that... He has, so he has one before he goes to bed. Oh, so he yes. does have his milk bottles in the day. He has one, one now before he goes to bed. Brilliant. So he's having that one before you put him down. And how much um, milk do you give him in that bottle? It has about... Two, it has 210 Perfect. According to the formula. Yeah. Sometimes I put 240 in yeah. to try and get him up a bit more. So that sounds good. And what time does he do his sleep for you in the day? He's he's cut back to one sleep now. So Brilliant. lucky now he sleeps from 12 o'clock to about 2.30. Good work. And what time do you put him down at night? He goes down, I put him down just before 7. Okay. So with him now being 16 months old and getting up for your day sleep at 2.30, he could stay awake a little bit longer and that might help when you do the settling that he might react faster to it. So I'd probably, if he's getting up at 2.30, I'd probably put him down at 7.30 and see if that helps initially, okay? So work, we have to get up, we have to leave, leave about 6. So I have to wake him up about 5.45 normally. Okay. So I mean, that's enough sleep to put him to bed at 7.30 or? Well, it's more the sleep in the day that he's sleeping from 12 till 2.30. So usually they're up for five to five and a half hours before they go down. So, oh, okay. so the reason, the why we do that is that when he wakes up at night, if he's gone down earlier and he's gone down well for you, but when he wakes up at, in the middle of the night, he's got a lot of energy to stay awake. 
So what we're trying to do is balance that sleep in the day with the timing to help him so that if he wakes up at night, that you he's not as alert and awake. So what you do to help him go back to sleep actually starts working. So that's why well, that... Yeah, he will sleep straight away after he has the milk bottle. Yes. And then other times I'll feed him the milk bottle, put him in there and he'll be okay. Yep. And then... Maybe five or ten minutes later, he'll just start crying again. That's right. So just ignore him. That's right. So by keeping him up a little bit longer to seven thirty, and maybe taking him into his room at twenty past seven, feeding him his bottle, giving him a little cuddle, and then popping him into his bed, then we know we've got the timing right. So what happens from there is then we have to settle him. So when he starts to cry, when you put him down, even in the evening, what do you do to get him off to sleep? Oh, I don't. He's fine then. I put him in okay. his sleeping bag and he's awake and in there and he goes to sleep. Perfect. So what do you do when he wakes up at two in the morning? Yeah, that's what we've been doing. We've been giving him the milk bottle. One night I did try to shush him Yeah, and it didn't work. Okay. So now that we've given him his milk bottle in the evening, then when he wakes up at two in the morning, then I'd leave him for a few minutes to see if he can self-settle. So something around, yeah. he's a big 16-month-old, so something around a good five minutes. And then yeah, I'd I go in. And laying down and pat him until he's calm and then leave. But it will take a few nights. And maybe do this on the nights where you're not going to work the next day, like on a a Friday night and a Saturday night and a Sunday night, so it has less impact. So, But it will, with the 16-month-old, it will take you on the first night and the second night, it'll take you between 45 minutes and an hour to do. So it's what he does on the second and third night that we know it's starting to work. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so keep it simple, give it, give him reassurance, but the more you give him the milk, the more the milk will become the issue. Yeah, true. Okay, so have a little plan in your head, keep it really simple, but it's the consistency that will get him there in the end. Yeah. And how, and I'm just um, jumping in for you here, Jacqueline, because this would be the ne- my question in my head anyway. How many, um, what's the longest you keep trying this method? So um, oh. Jacqueline said it didn't work the first night. You mentioned two more nights. Yeah. Is so, three there at maximum? Or? No, I'd, I, with the 16-month-old, I'd go between three and five nights before I'd sit back and think, okay, what elements are working and, and what might I need to change? Okay. Yeah. So, so the two and a half year old in the same room as well. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so take that little one out and, and we call it camping and tell them that they're going to go and camp in mummy's room or something on a mattress. Oh, no, I can't do that. It took me, he, my husband started doing that and it took me forever to get him back into his bed. I can't do that again. Okay. <laughs> so he's not in your bed. Did your husband, no, no, no. where did he camp him? He was in our bed yeah. before. So this is this is not about being in your bed. This is about a mattress on the floor. And oh, okay. yeah, and you make a little calendar and you're saying five nights time you're going back to your bed. But either yeah. way, that's sometimes the problem is because you're jumping in to get the 16-month-old to sleep, not to wake the five-year-old up. And two that's and what creates, oh, sorry, two-and-a-half-year-old. Two and and that's what creates the problem. How can I get my two-and-a-half-year-old to eat meat and try new food? Ah, well, there's a whole segment on that we could do. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can do that next week. So basically stop stop snacking and just offer him the one meal and keep offering it, and eventually when he's five, he'll get there. <laughs> yeah, two-and-a-half-year-olds two are... Um, Tricky. 
I was going to say pains in the butt, but yeah, yeah. I'll go with tricky. Tricky. Tricky's good tricky. as well. Um, but Jacqueline, why don't you, if you're happy to try that um, for three to five nights, that will yeah. take you to next week. So if it's not working yeah. for you, please feel yeah, free to us call back. us back. And then Chris can give you some other suggestions if that yeah. didn't work. And so you think putting him to bed later will help stop it, the wake-ups as well? It will. It's better than um, waking him up out of that day sleep and putting him to bed earlier. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Oh dear. Oops, there's tears. <laughs> Sorry. He's just bashing the door from his older brother. Oh dear. Well, we'll we'll let you go sort out those boys. Uh, and please, Jacqueline, good luck and call us thank back you. if you need to. I will. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Jacqueline. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Oh, I'm so happy I'm here in the studio not having to do with my children <laughs> fighting. Huh. Anyway, anyway, good luck, Jacqueline. We hope that goes well. Our next question comes from Rachel. It's an yep. email. We need some advice about keeping our baby warm at night. Yeah. She's 13 weeks old and currently sleeps in a long-sleeved bodysuit, yep. onesie, cozy swaddle grow bag, and two to three blankets. Our room gets down to about 18 degrees at night. She has just started to become more active in bed, wriggling about the bassinet and kicking off her blankets. We're now worried she'll get the blankets over her face. Is it time to get rid of the blankets and or transitions to arms out? If she's just in the grow bag without blankets, will she be warm enough? Right. So she's only 13 weeks old. So probably the answer to this is more about just tucking the blankets in more. So you sound like you have her nicely warm. So she's got a onesie on, she's got a, 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 a her swaddle on, and then mm-hmm. she's got two or three probably light blankets on. Um, at 13 weeks, if she's still in the bassinet, it's about t- how you tuck them in because lots of people have this problem because the baby almost does this like dolphin kick effect and it pulls the blankets so the trick to this is actually you put a sheet on them yeah so the sheet actually gives them less movement and so the blankets don't pop up so if they're tucked in securely you should be absolutely fine but it doesn't sound like she's ready for unless she's grown out of a cot uh, sorry, out of a bassinet to put her into the cot. But it doesn't sound like she needs her arms out. Um, so usually we take their arms out when they're rolling. So um, I think you've got probably a month or two before that occurs. So at this point, I'd be looking at how I'm tucking the blankets in to give her that sense of security. Chris Minogan Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. This email comes from Jo. She has a seven-month-old who hates solids. He started offering food at five months. He was initially really excited and had been grabbing food from our hands, but he now hates food and mealtimes are a real stress. Mm. He never liked being spoon-fed, so we've offered appropriate finger foods and have found a special spoon that enables him to feed himself. He often just throws the food on the floor, or if he does eat, he gags and sometimes vomits. I'm following a routine where he is breastfed when he wakes up from his sleeps and offered solids an hour or so later. He has had reflux since birth, but he's a happy chucker, love that term, (laughs) and doesn't seem faced at all by it. He has four breastfeeds a day. We've recently night weaned him as part of some sleep training that we've been doing successfully. I'm anxious that he's not getting enough to eat. It's a shock because my first baby loved food from the start. Yes, and every baby is a bit different. But I think what might be going on here is one of two things. Um, Most babies cannot feed themselves at seven months. So he's got a few mixed messages. He probably 
wasn't keen on the spoon at five months and then you've tried all these other things to get him to eat and he's just a bit confused about what to do. But at seven months, very difficult for um, a seven-month-old to be able to feed themselves well a lot of food. They have to be quite coordinated. So at seven months, I think most babies, we would feed them two of their meals, maybe their breakfast and their dinner, and they would have a go at feeding themselves with one meal. Um, Lunchtime, so that you would feed your other child at the same time and almost the same sort of food. Um, And as he got better at that one meal, then we would increase it to further meals. So that's one element. He might be just confused. But the other thing that might be going on for him when you said he's got a reflux and he vomits a lot is he might have a delayed gag. So when something goes into his mouth, it sort of sends off the gag reflex and then he either vomits or he sounds like he's gagging or choking. So with those babies, we have to go low and slow. So probably what I would do to work out what's going on for him is to drop back and just offer him one meal and and get good at the one meal. And the one meal that I'd try is the evening meal. So he's had his four, you know, three breastfeeds in the day, morning, mid-morning, lunchtime. Then try um, giving him a dinner and a very smooth texture. So going back to those really basic baby purees and on a small spoon so it doesn't go too far into his mouth. So if you fed him, say, at 1 o'clock or one thirty before you put him down, I would try his dinner three hours later, so somewhere around 4, 4.30. Um, a nice sort of creamy consistency, um, held at about a 45-degree angle, so a bouncer usually is ideal, not a high chair because that's more confronting, and I would go with a smooth puree on a small spoon and, and just get him back into interested. So take a break. Take a break for a day or two. He's, he's not eating a lot anyway, so it's made no difference. And then re-look at it in a completely different way. If it's a delayed gag, sometimes good speech therapists can help you with that. Um, But usually it just comes on slowly and slowly. So take a little bit of time and patience. Try not to force it or to get anxious about it because it just becomes an even bigger problem. And I'm pretty sure that in time it'll just keep increasing. But I think you have to go back to trying to teach him that you're going to feed him because he just doesn't have the coordination at the moment to do that level that he needs. Mm. Sounds a lot cleaner too. Yeah, an awful (laughs) lot cleaner. We have a question from Esther on Facebook. She says, my two-year-old hates coming to the dinner table. Other meals are fine, but when it comes to dinner, she'll scream, tantrum, run away from us and cry when we try to get her in her chair. Once she's in there and sees the food, she's great. Any suggestions? Getting her to calm down and join us can take up to 30 extra minutes. It might be too late for her. She might be tired. I think because if you can get her in the chair and she sees the food and she calms down, I think the process of getting her there, she might be too tired. So I wouldn't try and get her there till the meal's on the uh, ready to go, which I'm sure you've tried. But I, it doesn't actually say what time you try and feed her. But for her age, I'd be feeding her dinner around five. So it could be that you might be holding out till six or six thirty, and she's just too tired. She's too tired to try and negotiate what's going on. So I would look at timing in this one, see if it would help. Okay. Um, 
This one may, we may or may not be able to answer. It comes okay. from Tara on Facebook Live. She says, my boy had surgery on July the 9th and before he was a hard one to get to sleep, but now he's horrible, yeah. hysterical crying nonstop all night for 25 to 45 minutes. Uh. Um, actually, Tara, what would be good to know is how old your little boy is yeah. and what kind of surgery he had. Not that um, Chris is a surgeon, but she has looked after children and knows yeah. what to do once, uh, well, after they've had surgery. So... Um, what we might do is I'll leave that there, Tara, until you can tell us how old um, your little boy is. So if you can get, jump back on and just pop that on the comments, that would be great. And we'll come back to you once you've responded because I, I, I yep. possibly will be different yeah, that's different right. ages, yeah. what you do. Um, so this will go on to Steph who sent an email through. She says, my 10-month-old has started biting and it really mm. hurts. I believe he's frustrated when he does it, as it's usually when I'm trying to dress him. How can I respond to this behaviour and try to prevent it from happening? Fair enough, Steph. Well, Steph, at least you know what he's going to do when you dress him. So the first thing I would try to do, I'm, I'm assuming he's trying to bite your arms. They're clever. Well, they can bite. <laughs> yeah, but if he's getting dressed, he's obviously laying down. You want me to pretend like I'm with <laughs> <laughs> You can try and bite me, Chris. So I think he's trying to bite your arms like he's rolling around. He's trying to bite his arms. The other one you might be doing is standing him up to dress him and he's biting his shoulder. Either way, biting is not a good thing and mm. he needs to understand that biting is not what's going to happen here. So the gentle thing that I do with a 10-month-old, because weirdly they do bite, and most of them bite when you pick them up and you put them on your shoulder and then they bite into your shoulder, um, is I just put him down on the floor and I'm not using any um, tone in my voice, but I'm saying no biting. Then I'm going to leave him for a minute and then I go back to what I'm doing. So if he, if you're getting him dressed and he manages to bite your hand or your shoulder, I just put him down on the floor and I just take a minute and then I reset it again. And what it's sort of saying is that you're not going to get a positive reaction for biting. So it's the only way you can sort of deal with it because, you know, having a long conversation with a 10-month-old about the ins and outs of biting isn't going to work. So I think you have to do something visual, but it doesn't have any um, sort of anger within it. You would just say no biting and we put him down, give him a minute, give everyone a minute and then pick him back up and restart again. The second thing is you know he's going to bite you when he when you're dressing. So make sure you get in a position where he can't do that. So sometimes what you could do is sit him in front of you and dress him from behind. So you take his top over that way and then put his arms in because then his face is going that way and you're behind him and get him dressed because after not biting for a few times, he'll probably forget how to do it. Right. Or that forget to do it, more the point. <laughs> Our next email comes from Jenna. Yep. My son is 19 months old and won't eat in his high chair. And we've tried everything and even bought a table and chairs, but he still refuses. We've taken him in and out. We've waited until he settles, then put him back in. We've tried distractions and even waited it out. He won't eat unless he is on the go, and he has done this since he was nine months old. We don't know how to get him to eat with us. We've tried a booster seat too, and one of those seats that connect to the table. Yes. See no evil? Uh, nothing's working, sob. He just wants to run around and play, and we feel so silly running after him. Even the grandparents are at a loss. Have to say, though, he's not a fussy eater and great sleeper, just doesn't like to be restrained when eating. Any suggestions? So the first thing I'd do is stop running around and feeding him. And I would bring him back to three meals, no snacks. Um, and that when you go to sit him in a high chair, that you sit with him. 
so that it's sort of more a, a social thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is inadvertently when he was nine months old and pulling to stand and shaking his head and being a little bit difficult, everybody ran around and fed him a little bit and a little bit. And now he actually thinks that's how you get fed. So the way that I'd approach this is just give him breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, he can have some water on the go if he needs it. And have the meal ready and take the tray top off the um, high chair so that it looks like a chair that fits to your table and literally everyone sit down like you sit down with your breakfast and his breakfast. Um, It depends whether that chair fits into your table obviously Um, but if it fits into your table he's using the table as the space that he's eating which is the same as the space that he's eating where you're eating. So I would change this into a social thing and I would just stop feeding him outside the high chair. So if he won't sit in the high chair, just put him down, let him go. Mm. And don't don't even engage him for another half an hour or 45 minutes before you put him back in again. But I would feed him quite sort of regularly, like at 7, at 12 and at 5 or something along those lines. So he wasn't too tired when you did this. But yeah, basically this is one of those things where everybody in the household just has to take a breath and say, actually, we're not going to do that. We're going to sit you down in a safe environment. So which would be a high chair at nine months because he wouldn't be able to sit on tables and chairs he'll just get off and oh no he's not nine months he's uh, uh 19 months. 19 months you get off and just run away so just find him a chair that sits up to the table everyone sits down together and if he gets off he gets off ah toddlers gotta love them <laughs> <laughs> okay we have time for just one more question sure this is an email from emma uh, it's about her 18 month old daughter my daughter has started to sometimes hit, bite or pull her dad's hair or yep. beard. It's usually when he's giving her a cuddle or if she seems bored. We've tried to tell her to stop it and that she's hurting her dad by crouching down to talk to her and giving her mm-hmm. eye contact. We've also put her in time out, but she usually giggles or runs to me for a cuddle. We're not sure what else we could do and I'm hoping she's not biting or hitting any of the other kids at daycare. How do we nip this in the bud before it becomes a bigger problem or is it just a phase? No, no, she knows what she's doing. If he, if she was doing this at daycare, they would tell you. So I'm pretty sure it's just something she associates with doing to dad. And I think dad has to take a bit of control with this. So again, he knows she's going to do this. So maybe when she comes to him, she turns, he turns her around and gives her a cuddle. Um, and also you know where her arms are going. So if those hands are going anywhere close to here, take the hand and put it down. And if she manages to actually pull, hit, bite, kick, whatever the thing is that she she can do with the beard and the hair and the face, then the second thing is I think you're doing the right thing. I wouldn't talk to her too much because she's 18 months. By the time you've said we do not want, she's like, oh, there's a butterfly. Um, so I think sitting her in the corner for a minute or giving her a little time out, if she runs away and, and laughs, then you haven't made it clear what you're doing to her so I'd be like no we are sitting so you have to make it clear you don't need to yell at her but you you use a little bit of tone to she understands we are sitting here and no biting pulling no biting pulling she needs to sit for about a minute and then when she gets up then off she goes to play so if she gets up and you give her a cuddle she thinks well that's good fun 
we just sit for a minute, then I get a cuddle and I've pulled daddy's beard. So I think she's just getting a slightly <laughs> mixed message here. So dad, you know she's going to do it. So try and keep those hands down. And if she even vaguely looks like she's going to do it, put her down on the floor. That's his, his little job. If she manages it to do it and we're going to give her a little bit of time out, then we sit her. We don't pull, bite, kick, hit, whatever the thing is. She needs to sit and she needs to know without yelling at her that that the tone has changed because I think she thinks it's a big game Mm. and inadvertently people get really frustrated with her. That's one thing you learn about parenting. Tone is everything. Tone is everything without even yelling. When I get really cross, I can scare the Jesus. And and the other thing is like words like um, with the older kids, like your kids, like that's really disappointed me. That (laughs) just crushes them. (laughs) And it's just in one word. (laughs) What I was going to say is with the hitting stuff, even when they're little, like um, what you were saying, we don't hit, kick, whatever. As that, that my kids have gotten older and they have started fighting. So the first, when we had Darcy and she would do something like that, we say we don't hit or kick in this house, whatever. It's actually been a really good (laughs) mantra to have just for family life. Because once you say to them, as a family, Family. we do not hit, kick, punch, bite, (laughs) which sounds like a pretty normal family. Yeah. Um, It just becomes something that they're used to saying. And when you've said it to them since they were two years old, by the time they're five, they've got nowhere to hide. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you have told me And at five, you can teach them empathy and sympathy and how does that feel? And that's where the conversation comes in. But to an 18-month-old, once you've got past the first three words, they're like, oh, flower. And off they go in their fairyland. So a little bit more short sentence directed and a bit of tone and I think she'll get the message. All right. Well, good luck, Emma. And that's all we had time for today on this episode of Helpline and Feed, Play, Love. And um, as I have been saying recently, and I will say up until we actually do the event, we do have a babyology baby shower happening in Brisbane on August the 25th. It's a Sunday. It is your opportunity if you're in Brisbane to meet Chris Minogue in person. Uh, You can call corner her, ask her all your questions. She'll solve all the dilemmas. And um, it's a lot, It's a fun afternoon anyway. You get to yeah, have some brilliant. yummy morning tea, yeah. lots of prizes, all that sort of stuff. So if you're interested and you're in Brizzy, just check out the Babyology website uh, and click onto the Occasions tab, I believe. Chris, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. When it comes to parenting, you may be surprised at how much the past impacts on how we parent today. That we will parent as we were parented and that we can only bring someone as far as we have brought ourselves. And so as we uh, go into the act of parenting our own young, we will revisit the things that happened in our own childhood unless we really invite some conscious awareness around all of that. That's psychologist and author Dr. Vanessa Lapont. Her latest book is called Parenting Right. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. Our producer is Debbie Ning and I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt.